Hello, health builders. I'm your host, Dr. Jamie Rasmussen, and welcome to another episode of Habits That Heal, a podcast dedicated to giving you the tools and insights necessary to protect your greatest asset, your health. And today's episode is From Chaos to Calm. In the last 50 years, your parents' approach to health has led to a 1,200% increase in chronic illness. Until the conversation around health changes, you can expect your results to be the same. If you're okay with a life filled with unnecessary suffering, tune out. If you're ready to break the cycle, let's get to work. In this episode, you will discover how overstimulation is stressing you out. When was the last time that you were not exposed to noise, a phone, computer, Wi-Fi signals, cell phone signals, or any of the other sensory inputs that we are exposed to on a daily basis in our current world. The World Health Organization calls this overstimulation a modern plague. That's a big deal. Like the bubonic plague was the most recent plague that I remember. I mean, I don't remember. I wasn't alive during it. It was a while ago. I'm kind of old, but not that old. The bubonic plague was a big deal. It killed a lot of people. Plague is a pretty serious word. So you know it's pretty serious when the World Health Organization is calling it a modern plague. Overstimulation. Why are they calling it a modern plague? Well, if you listen to our episode uh, just previous to this one where I dig into stress, it stresses the brain out. And remember, there's a low road and a high road. So once it hits your thalamus, it either kicks it up to the cortical level, which is your thinking awareness part of your brain, or it kicks it down to this survival part of your brain and your amygdala where you're not aware of it, but it just accumulates. That's what this overstimulation is doing to your body. And as you're exposed to it day in and day out, it builds up. It builds up in your body and it boils over as arguments. It boils over into overreactions, it boils over into stressful, anxiety-filled thought patterns, it boils over into depression, and eventually it boils over into chronic illness and disease. So you don't want any of that stuff. It's nasty, nasty stuff, and the majority of it is avoidable, but you have to take proactive measures. And in this episode, we're going to keep it short and sweet. I'm going to show you what you can do. Hint, hint, hint. It's most of the stuff I've already been sharing with you. Remember, this stuff is simple. It's not easy. There's a big difference between simple and easy. Everybody wants the quick fix. There is no such thing. You want to waste your time and your money, go for a quick fix. If you want any change that is sustainable and lasts a lifetime, you have to commit to doing it day in and day out for as long as you want those results to exist in your life. This one is hard for me, and I've tried to take proactive measures as much as I can because as I dig into this research more and more on overstimulation, it's kind of scary stuff. At first, I thought it was all tinfoil hat wearing crazy out there stuff that was, you know, <laughs> that, that kind of the crazy kooks believed in. Uh, things like electromagnetic frequency, it seemed like this ridiculous thing. Uh, turns out, not so much. You guys will be hearing more and more about it. Just like um, glyphosate, which I'll be digging into on a deeper level, that stuff is starting to reach the mainstream as the lawsuits start to pour in. This electromagnetic frequency thing, that's a stimulation. That's a, Our cells are getting blasted by this radiation that's all around us because um, of cell phones and Wi-Fi and that kind of stuff. That is just 
part of it. So what else are we being exposed to that we weren't exposed to 150 years ago? The majority of our biological existence was pretty quiet, was pretty chill. And, you know, whenever we got this input of unknown sensory information up to our brain, naturally it went straight to the amygdala and our body had to kick into this protective state to make sure that it wasn't some critter we've never been exposed to that was going to eat us or kill our family. So we had to be on high alert before we used to be walking around barefoot through the woods, in the fields, be working all day and just not have a lot of noise. Now our whole lives are filled with noise. Our cell phones are vibrating or buzzing or beeping or going off. We're getting notifications from apps. We're getting notifications from emails. We constantly have noise around us from vehicle noise to construction noise to just lots of people noise. And then we have things that we don't see like electromagnetic frequency being blasted by blue lights and LED lights every day. Most of the noise that we're exposed to on a daily basis, we're not used to being exposed to that noise. And it, it, it is freaking our brains out, whether you know it or not. So what do you do? What, you know, it's, it's one of those things. You, you, <laughs> you cannot live in a bubble, and that's not what these podcasts are about. I don't expect you to live in a bubble because I don't live in a bubble. Life would be lame. It would be boring. I love the fact that I have a laptop that I can work on. Right now, I'm up in my office, and it's not plugged into the wall, and I'm on a Bluetooth mic. I mean, all of these things are modern conveniences, and I love them. But you kind of have to pick your poison and you have to be aware that they exist. And hopefully this podcast is just opening up the conversation because if you remember from the intro that I do on every single one of these podcasts, the conversation around health has to change. So what we do is we do some really simple things to try and limit our exposure to noise. When I get home from work, my phone goes away and the computers go away and we are just there. We don't have music bumping or anything. We are just there with each other, which intensifies that connection time because, you know, if your life is anything like my life, it's go, go, go all the time. And really the worst thing you could do for your brain is not give it any kind of reprieve. A few times a year, we do really cool stuff like go out into the woods with no phones and go on these backpack in camping trips where it's just nature. But you know what's weird is it takes the body a little bit to kind of calm down and for that stress level to decrease. And by the end of it, it's crazy. That's when you feel it. And then you go back to civilization. It's like, oh my God, it's insane. It's the idea of boiling a frog. The frog doesn't feel the temperature going up as it's slowly, slowly going up, you know, until you take it out and put it back in that water once it's acclimated to its surroundings and, it, you know, it's out of there. So that's kind of the same concept when we do these drastic things. It's like the Whole30 when you cut out all that crap that you're eating and then you reintroduce. It's like, whoa, man, I feel terrible when I'm exposed to this. But we've all been exposed to this overstimulation for a while. So we're just not even aware of it until we cut it out. So what can you do to cut these things out? Some simple things. Um, another thing that we do is uh, when I sleep, my phone is in airplane mode and I have not missed an important call in five years and people are worried about that. But if your phone is um, blasting you with uh, radiation because it's right next to your bedside table, that's something you can easily cut out. We also turn our Wi-Fi router off at night. We have it on a timer, so it goes off, I think, at 10 p.m., and then it kicks back up at 4 a.m. 
We're just trying to limit our exposure to these things. We try to have as much quiet time with the kids where they're not plugged into electronics. Um, that's good for them on multiple levels because when they're not plugged into electronics, they actually play like kids are supposed to be playing outside, moving around. And then I also started to journal where it's just me and my thoughts and no stimulation. I'm just sitting in front of a notebook with a pen in complete silence. I do this in the morning before everybody else gets up and it's insanely therapeutic. And obviously I know a lot of this stuff is sneaking uh, down the low road and getting into the amygdala that I'm exposed to that I really don't even know that I'm exposed to. So I'm doing those things like getting adjusted every single week. I'm meditating every single day and I do stretching or yoga every night. So there you have it. When you start implementing these things, I, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you to feel like what I feel like when I go camping and I'm out in nature and I'm completely cutting out all of this overstimulation. When you start implementing just a handful of these things, you're going to notice you're going to be a lot more even keel. And eventually, you know, it adds up. You'll notice you're getting sick less. You notice you're sleeping better and all the beautiful things that happen when you decrease stress in your life. On the next episode, I'm going to share with you a handful of tools that you can use if you have any kind of history of trauma or this will even be beneficial for you if you don't have trauma in your history and you've just had a micro accumulation of stress like everybody else. Now it's time to turn ideas into action and the action I want you to implement is to turn your phone to airplane mode at night. That simple. If you're already doing that, step it up. Get yourself a timer for your Wi-Fi router and shut that bad boy off at night. Just start there and then you can start to implement some of the other tools that I shared with you. We'll talk soon. Bye. And that concludes this episode of Habits That Heal. Now it's time to get to work because ideas without action are useless. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And while you're there, please leave a review. And to continue this conversation, follow us at pathoutofpain.com and on Facebook at Habits That Heal.